welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Gil Laverne Jr., director of marketing for glove manufacturer Showa Group, about lessons learned from the pandemic and increasing domestic PPE glove production. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Gil Laverne Jr., director of marketing for the Americas, Oceana, and EMEA of Showa Group. Welcome, Gil. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. And um, as we get started, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and about Showa Group. Sure. Um, I've been in the business now, in the glove business, for 25 years. I've been with uh, Showa in my 17th year uh, in hand protection. That's really all I've ever done. And um, we, I work for a company that's an amazing company. It's a Japanese-owned company. We've got eight manufacturing facilities globally. We employ over 6,600 employees approximately. We have 58 patents in the hand protection industry. Uh, and we, we have direct sales teams in all the major global markets. Um, and I know that your company recently announced an expansion of your manufacturing facilities uh, in the U.S., um, how will this sort of help you build up domestic PPE, uh, given the supply chain problems we've had the last couple of years? So we we started our investment in the expansion actually pre-pandemic, oh, okay. uh, not not many not many months before, but it was pre-pandemic, and so our initial investment investment was completely Showa funded. Uh, it's a forty thousand square foot facility that holds four big monorail lines that do 200 million gloves per year annually per line. Um, and so we also were awarded an $81.3 million investment from HHS uh, that will help us build the next two factories. So we can we total out at 12 lines total, which is around 2.8 billion in capacity annually. And with these lines and the capacity that we're able to churn out, which is pretty impressive, the onshoring of domestic nitrile for Showa is going to be a very strong, strong player if we are ever in a similar situation or in a healthcare crisis, et cetera. And yeah, and you said, you know, this was sort of in the works before the pandemic, but I, I guess what were some lessons learned you know, from going through the pandemic and, you know, and just the huge demand for PPE in general? Yeah. So the, I mean, it was an astronomical spike in demand. I don't know that this industry's ever seen anything close to it. Um, we had to fight a lot. We do import some, some products as well that are single use gloves. And we had strong partnerships there that helped us maintain some price control and uh, some strength in the supply chain. But it was, during the heat of the pandemic, it was very difficult to manage all of the demand here in the states, how we were getting our containers in, um, and the prices were, were like literally going up by the day. Uh, so it was, it was really a, a, a turbulent time to be in this, this part of this business because yeah, everybody needed gloves, it seemed like. All of our mm -hmm. customers that before maybe they only bought a little bit uh, of single use. Now they, they, because of the pandemic, their demand shot way up. So it caught us by surprise. I think it caught everybody by surprise, but we learned a lot from it. And that's why we invested further into our domestic or onshoring manufacturing. And have you seen things sort of calm down in terms of demand? Uh, you know, I guess as the pandemic has, you know, 
I guess, I don't know, it's not gone, but it's certainly, uh, you know, calmed down a bit. But have you seen sort of that demand calming down as well? Yes, for sure. Um, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of, uh, we weren't the only company investing in expansion during the pandemic. A lot of companies got in that same, got in at the same time. Um, so once the pandemic started to, to basically get decline as far as the severity of it, so did the demand for the gloves. And with that became a very sharp decline in the pricing of the gloves coming from offshore. So we, it's a kind of managing another part of the volatility is the aftermath of the, the spike in demand. Um, and nobody there seen anything like that before. So I'm sure that was, you know, uh, new, new stuff to deal with as well, right? It, it really was. I mean, even for the veterans in the industry, we just we were in a position that none of us could have foreseen. Maybe some some folks did, but I, I don't know that the majority of us ever ever knew something like that would happen so quickly. It just it was so rapid the way it ramped up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you know, certainly supply chain issues in general from all industries are still uh, an issue. Um, are you? Are you seeing that with the things that you need to to get for supplies or, or is, you know, has it improved for you? Because I know certainly there are a lot of products that are, you know, still on back order in, in a lot of different industries. So I was wondering, how, you know, how's yeah. your experience right now? Uh, well, for sure. We're not immune to it at all, Jay. I mean, we've, we've got uh, we have a two, we have two manufacturing facilities in Guatemala, which is typically a one week transit time. But because of supply chain, now that's turned into three to four weeks. And if you compound that to the other countries that we ship from, which is Malaysia, Vietnam, Japan, uh, Thailand, et cetera, we're better off than we were, but we're still not at the levels we were before the pandemic. So we're still struggling to catch up. We, we have a lot of vacant uh, or backordered products, I should say, mm -hmm. still. Um, and, you know, Obviously, nobody expected, you know, a pandemic to hit, even though, you know, it's it, it, we've talked about it over the years that, you know, something could conceivably come here. But, you know, this is really the first time in a long time the U.S. has experienced that. Um, do you feel the U.S. will be better prepared uh, from a PPE perspective for the next pandemic, whenever that is? I, I do. I feel like that if we can continue this momentum and this awareness of the need for onshoring PPE for the, for the national stockpile and just for our first responders and healthcare so that uh, everything doesn't get just jammed up and almost, you know, paralyzed as, as for lack of a better way of putting it. I think we've got enough push from the federal government to keep the awareness and the investment alive so that we would be much better prepared from the, from a gloves from a hand protection standpoint than we were before this pandemic. Um, I wondered, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, current PPE glove safety trends. What are you seeing uh, on the market now that maybe wasn't there a couple of years ago? Well, one of the things like I can speak to Shoa uh, specifically, um, we, we have a technology called EcoBest technolo technology and it's basically biodegradable technology that we've been able to put into our single-use gloves. And what it does is it, it, when the gloves are disposed into an active landfill, they will biodegrade within one to five years. And due to the waste of PPE, 
whether it be the mask, the garments, the gloves, any kind of sustainable solution that you can push into the marketplace is a strong dif differentiator and also allows a better uh, glove or a better product for the planet. Um, there's other companies on a macro level that, that have done things similar and maybe not biodegradable, but adding things like shea butter or um, aloe to their products to make them a little more comfortable to use or to wear, I should say. Um, and then we're also, we're seeing that we can make thinner gloves than the standard four mil. We can make them a bit thinner and not lose the protective qualities of a four mil glove. And that gives another advantage to squeeze out some of the, the cost um, from a polymer standpoint. Um, and did you, you know, from the pandemic, did you kind of, I mean, I, I get any ideas for, you know, sort of changing the design of PPE gloves where, uh, or were there any suggestions from, you know, folks in the field who, you know, were using a lot of them uh, that maybe went into desi uh, new designs? Yeah, there is one, Jay, that I'll speak to. It's a, it, it, and it's not a show-up design yet. I, mean, I think we will end up getting involved with it, but it's uh, adding a flock lining to a single-use glove that absorbs moisture hmm. uh, and, and, and blocks. The, some, some people have like skin contact dermatitis and irritation issues when they have to wear these gloves for long periods of time and there's moisture in them. So I think to try to address that part of, of the downfalls, I guess, of some single nitrile, that flock lining will be a big deal. I think it'll, it'll change a lot of, well, a lot of manufacturers go to market because it'll extend the use of the glove. You won't have to replace it as much and the user will have a, a better experience. And how has, um, how have you seen PPE gloves sort of evolve over the years? Cause I imagine they were probably, pretty different when you, when you first got into the industry, uh, you know, so you say 30 years ago or so, um, you know, how, how have things sort of changed, uh, in, in the design and use of these gloves over the years? It's been a dramatic change, uh, quite frankly. I mean, a lot of the gloves that you see today, um, were, weren't even, were not even thought of 20 years ago or so, but the gloves have a more ergonomic design. So there's less hand fatigue when you're wearing the glove that's, it's, Basically, your thumbs fit nicely into the glove. You're able to do tasks with with your fingertips that you weren't able to do before. Uh, we have, you know, there's anti-static. The cut-resistant levels of these gloves that we make now with DuPont Kevlar has, has achieved a very, very safe glove in a, in a very unsafe environment. And I would say overall, Jay, that, that most glove manufacturers have adapted to the, the applications in the industry. And by that, I mean making sure that the user in the application is wearing the, the most appropriate glove for that job. And before all of this technology, it was more of here's your glove, mm -hmm. go work kind of thing, you know, right. for lack of a better way of saying that. So it's, it's the comfort level and the protection has been the huge lift. And uh, forgive me for my ignorance because I'm not a glove expert, but, you know, I, I imagine that gloves kind of vary from industry to industry, correct? Like, you know, for healthcare as opposed to, you know, heavy industry, you're going to need different kinds of gloves. Were they previously kind of all the same gloves and, and then they sort of started to specialize as, you know, as the years went by? 
Uh, well, not not really. I mean, like so, the healthcare industry is is going to be very thin, single-use type gloves. Where if you got into, we sell into the um, the oil fields. Those right. are very thick neoprene right. gloves. Uh, you know, so they vary. I guess that the technology improved in each sector, but we didn't. It wasn't like one glove was being used for everything. Um, but they are more specialized now. I mean, if you if you even walk through a Home Depot and look at the gloves, you can tell. Uh, they fit well. They they come off the hand e easily, and they allow you to do applications um, very easily, as opposed to the older technology. Yeah, I imagine comfort wasn't a, a huge consideration in the old days, right? I mean, it was more just like, you know, here's something to protect yourself yeah. with, and you know, you know, deal with it if it's bulky or, you know, too hot or something. Now you're exactly right. yes. I mean, that comfort was not. Uh, it was more about just being able to, to save your hands from a big injury versus being comfortable doing your job or, or even having a glove that fits correctly. Um, and in terms of safety, I imagine that, you know, um, hand safety is much improved because of these gloves these days. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, how can you sort of, uh, can you sort of compare and contrast sort of like what the uh, injury rate was sort of, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago compared to now with better protection? Well, I can speak to the way that we've evolved at SHOA in making sure that we we reduce injuries, reduce costs, make sure that the gloves are, are fit on the, the user for the proper application. Um, we do uh, on-site um, glove evaluations, and we will go through, let's, let's just say it's a large manufacturing facility and they have several different departments. Well, if you're in hydraulics, we will recommend the glove for the hydraulic assembly and then we will actually post on the factory wall which glove to use in which department, mm -hmm. which was something that you never saw, you know, even 15 years ago. Um, that's our way of giving better protection, better usage, and cutting down on the waste because you're using the right glove. And the glove, the, 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 actually the customer is way more efficient as a result too because the workers are equipped with hand protection that they can use in their job easily. Um, and, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, but it, like when I first got in this industry, we didn't really have that kind of focus at that time. Uh, we were, we were more or less trying to just figure out the gloves for the application, but we weren't getting into uh, the deep, the deep details of what that glove could do for the user and what it meant to the company. Um, and, and you know, you mentioned the you've mentioned a couple of times the sustainability side of things. Has that been uh, something that sort of was born from um, you know a company mandate, or was that something you're hearing from your customers where they they want they're concerned about just the you know the waste that's generated by all these gloves? Um, you know, where did that sort of uh, start? Well, the, <clears throat> it started. To with our, our pursuit of it was in around 2011, 2012. Um, we were, we had a, a business partner that did, did the same kind of biodegradable with plastic bottles, mm -hmm. uh, water bottles. And so we started experimenting with it in our own products. And once we were able to perfect it and to show that it didn't take anything away from the performance of the glove, it didn't add to the performance of the glove. It just made the glove, biodegradable in an active landfill. Once we were able to, because we were pioneers there, it took a while to to really trailblaze 
and get people aware of what this technology could mean to them. And now it ha I have to say it's one of our highest, uh, I guess, regarded technologies that we have in the marketplace today. Yeah, I imagine just, you know, in general, sustainability efforts, uh, you know, from various industries are, you know, at an all-time high. So, yeah, it would make sense that those are uh, those are in demand now, those gloves. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are some sort of, uh, I guess, actually, how do you see hand protection changing in the future? I mean, as we go forward, obviously, technology is always uh, evolving and and you know, enabling incredible things. You know, are there are there any sort of uh, goals or predictions that you have for for hand protection going forward? Well, for Showa, our our vision is going to be to continue to improve our existing products and to not rest on what we have today. Even though we have incredible products, we can always be better. We can make them better by using field trials and feedback, and that just requires a lot of investment in R and D and technical which we do. That's one of our, we pride ourselves on that. So you're, I, I believe there'll be gloves that are introduced that are different, Jay, but I'm not sure um, that they're going to be game changers as much as it is to improve the products you already have. Um, and we found that by investing in our products and then improving in our products, we're allowed to, to maintain market share and really separate ourselves from the competition. All right. Well, Gil, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This was very, uh, very interesting and very educational. Ah, thank you, Jay. I enjoyed it very much. All right. That wraps up episode 102 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.